Now, we've talked about uh, the devil and demons for the last several weeks. We took a break there. Uh, We led into this with the names that are given to the generic group and some of them specific like Belial, the dragon, the angel of the abyss. I, I, I kind of blipped over the, the fact that some people blame the devil for everything. And, and let's, I'm, I'm going to spend a moment there. We, we don't blame the devil for everything. Uh, some people blame all illness on the devil. And no, uh, some illness is not. And now while sin corrupted the world and broke the universe, and so we could back it up that way and say all pain comes from it, um, if I get a cold, that's probably not the work of the devil. That's the work of somebody sneezing and not washing their hands or something. Uh, I would have people, when we would talk about the devil at any length, somebody in the church would tell me they were under attack, and they'd say, well, this week our roof leaked and our Uh, our hot water heater went out. I feel like we're under attack. Possible. I'm not writing that off. Possible. But one of the first questions I ask is, how old was that roof? And how old was the water heater? And I I asked that to one lady. She goes, well, it's 20, maybe 25 years. And I went, not the devil. It's the clock. The clock got you. So we don't want to go overboard with any of this. However, I have... um, created a list, and I'm not going to claim it's an exhaustive list, but a list of post-ascension warnings about the devil. Let me explain why I selected that. When I was a boy, we were taught that the devil couldn't do much to you because we were Christians, and therefore he wouldn't mess with us, and that the messing was before. That was back in the age of miracles, we were told, and now that there are no miracles, we were told, uh, that that's all gone and passed now. In fact, I can remember the first church we served whenever, uh, when we came back to America and we had a missionary come in, uh, Albert Brown, and he was talking about the struggles we were going through. And I stood up to uh, kind of give voice to that as well, saying, yes, where he works in that part of Scotland, all the nation actually these are serious difficulties. One of our deacons afterwards just kind of was just looking the whole time like this. And he kind of waved me over. He was an imperious uh, sort of individual. And he said, we're not supposed to be having all those kind of problems. He says, Christ is ascendant from the grave. If he's really Lord, then you guys must have been doing something wrong. Now, how do you think that set with me? I let him live, and I, so I, I give myself kudos there. Uh, I, I've been trained, and I know how to hide things, but um, I let him live. There are people who believe the devil can't do much to you now, and so I only am sorted out here ones that, warnings that happened after Jesus ascended. Demons oppose reception of the gospel. Be aware of this and watch for it. One of my favorite passages up there is where um, Paul says, we wanted to go here, but the devil hindered us. The reason it's one of my favorite is because he doesn't explain it. People understood it. That sometimes you want to do good, and the devil will hinder you. He'll shut that down. Have you uh, ever wanted to be a missionary somewhere, and you couldn't get the funds, or you couldn't get the visa 
or governments change, think about Compassion International. Uh, Cammie and I have two Compassion International kids. We love them. We're very concerned about the little girl in Nicaragua. Not heard from her in a while, and that nation's in turmoil. But they got kicked out of India. Not for anything they did. The Indian government just decided to kick all religious groups that weren't Indian out of India. And our, our government pled its case repeatedly. And it was, they worked, but they kicked out. And now all those kids, they're the devils behind things like this. Also, look at it this way. I want you to think back. If you weren't raised in a church, and we could argue and quibble with that phrase for a long time. If you weren't raised in a church, I want you to think about the time where you were taught scripture and you were brought to obedience and think of all the things that started to go wrong and started to bother you and started to get in the way. Sometimes the devil, and when I say the devil, I'm referring to any of the evil ones. I don't think Satan knows my name or even knows I'm alive, but he's got demons that do. You know, I don't think I'm important enough to where the, the king of all the demons has, uh, is, is hunting me. But so, I'm, so when I say the devil, I'm just referring en bloc, as we might say to them all. Um, the devil, some of them are weak and frustrating and just nitpicky and their schedule changes. And uh, in the scripture, they can mess with the weather to mess things up. They can mess with your, your schedule. They can work with all kinds of things. And as I always tell teens, anytime Mr. Right shows up, the devil will make sure a few Mr. Wrongs are in the area. The devil will always try to frustrate a good decision. But sometimes he'll block you. And I just finished reading N.T. Wright's latest book, which is uh, a biography of Paul. Now, I want you to hear what I said, the biography of Paul. Not his treaties on, treatises on Paul, because those are like four volumes, and that's way out of my brain area. I, I can't do it. But he's written this 400-something page biography. And it was interesting to me to see how many times Paul gets frustrated and shut down and frustrated and shut down. They can hinder reception of the gospel. And, and Brother Albert, you've got a mic. Anytime you want to wave in, just wave in, all right? Uh, battle is our normative state. And I put a lot of scriptures there because we've got to get this in our head. Great title of a book about Job is, If All Hell Breaks Loose, You Might Be Doing Something Right. When we were shelled here four years ago, um, when we hired Lauren, we, um, one man put it, I don't know how many people wrote me saying, you must be doing something right to be taking this many, you know, much heat. Well, another man put, he said, you guys, you knew this is coming. The first one over the wall will get shot. Yeah, yeah, we, we get that. But what people don't seem to understand, they, they feel like Christianity's not working if they're in battle, if things are difficult. You know, I prayed and things aren't wonderful, therefore my Christianity's not working. Jesus said, this, you, you will be at war as long as you are believers. If you're comfortable and nobody's ever persecuted you, I'm not going to say that you're not being a good Christian. I have zero authority to do that and wouldn't want to anyway. What I will say is that you should not consider your lack of battle 
to be because you're such a good Christian. It could be that you're not tough enough to handle it. Now, some of you, um, if you have never done this, I want you to, to go to YouTube and just put in a recruit's first few hours at Paris Island. Everything goes south the moment they park the bus and the DI comes on and their world collapses and they are rushed to the yellow footprints and I don't, you just go look them up. Every Marine shudders at the thoughts of the yellow footprints and they are, they are yelled at, they are dehumanized. They are, and why? Because Marines fight and you had better get used to it. This is your world now. This is who you are. I will bring up, um, during the, um, there is a Marine base camp, at Camp Lejeune, and the storm came in there. And somebody tweeted, Marines during a hurricane, and there are a bunch of them running around being silly, waving flags. I sent that to my son, and my son said, there are going to be a lot of 18-year-olds in the sand pit tonight. The sand pit, you don't want to go to the sand pit. <laughs> You are hot, you are sweaty, and you have to go there, and you're constantly doing push-ups, and you have to hit down all the way, and then flip over on your back. They throw up their work so hard, but this is a punishment thing, a character call on them, and they call themselves sugar cookies because they are coated by the end of this, where they have then standing to attention. Um, why? You went, that's inhuman, that's unkind. As my son once said, there's somebody training to kill me right now I have to train harder why do Christians think we don't have to train we're good we go to church and we pray for our meals so we're good you got to train you got to know how to thrust and parry and you got to deal with combat because it's going to be combat and by the way I'm the world's worst prophet so don't come to me and ask me what it might look like in your life because I have never guessed the way the devil was coming at me. I always thought I was certain, and he found another way. So just be prepared. Uh, Revelation 12.10, please, uh, the Hewitts brought this up. The, this church does not slander other churches. We don't attack them. We consider if, if they believe in Jesus, they're brothers and sisters. That's all it takes. Be aware that there are people who believe it is their duty before God to attack people like us. Just remember, what team do you want to be on? The slanderer, Revelation 12, all of his people, that, their, their top guy is Satan. We don't slander anybody else. We don't. Um, I could give you examples, but really the most examples I have are too personal. And I don't want to do that. Uh, instead, when we, are, when we are attacked, we do not attack back. We are different people. Anything before we go to the next slide, brother? Yes, in Luke 12, you had that on the screen earlier, mm -hmm. where a woman for 18 years was um, attacked by the devil, it says. Yes. And, um, and Jesus healed her, and the leader of the synagogue said, you could have done this any other six days of the week. Why did you have to do it on the Sabbath? In other words, the church would have kept him from doing this simply because of their traditions. 
So the religious people were actually uh, opposed to what he was doing. And then, and, you know, it, it goes on to say, Jesus said, well, you, you know, you have a donkey that you water and, a, and an ox that you water, and yet you would keep this daughter of Abraham from being healed. Satan, and here's the thing, he had her bent over, and I often ask the question, what spirit has me bent over? What spirit has me bent over? And there, you're absolutely right. I can remember when I was in Ohio for those nine years, whatever that was, uh, running a counseling thing. Sometimes I was the last resort. They would send people to me that had been to the doctors and been to the shrinks and such. And then kind of like, well, give them to Patrick. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it's all right because he doesn't charge. You know, so... One lady came in, and I'm, I'm not an MD, even close to one, um, but I looked at the charts, and what I could understand, it looked like they'd looked for everything. She had back pain, and it flared up at certain sometimes, and she was sitting there, and my first question, anything I do good comes from outside of me, it's not me. My first question to her, I said, so, who's on your back? And she stopped, and she looked at me, and it was silent for a while, and she goes, oh, my. And then she started talking. Sometimes we have to ask, who's got you? Now, by the way, most of the time, going to be something physiological. I don't want to over-spiritualize things. But the demons, uh, by the way, catch these subtle demon attacks. What a demon has to do is make you think of another person as lesser. Lesser than yourself. Remember the first thing that God hates? What was the first thing that in, in the list? A proud look. When you can dehumanize anybody else, you can't kill, if you're Hitler, you can't kill Jews until you have dehumanized them. Cammie and I were listening to a, it's a magnificent book, by the way. It's called Lies My Teacher Told Me. Uh, and, it's a, and it's about history and how we've been lied to. And, it, and I would stop it every now and then. We would talk 2,100 miles. You've got time to listen to stuff. We didn't talk about this yesterday, but the treatment of Native Americans by the white people uh, was unholy and demonic from beginning to end and continues to be. In Colorado, a group of uh, Union soldiers, Calvary, uh, surrounded a village that was entirely women and children because the men were off on a hunting party and the major in charge of them uh, ordered his men to fire until they were all dead one of his officers turned to him and said but they are children and his response was nits make lice in other words they're little now but they'll grow up to be a problem the man that gave that order was a united Meth well a methodist pastor he felt that was entirely fine because these aren't humans. Think of the way African-Americans were treated. They're not humans. Think of the way we, on, online, the people of Walmart make fun of the way people look, pictures. Just go on, it is so quick to dehumanize another. And what about in politics? Uh, I, from all I can understand, Kavanaugh is a great guy, regardless of what you think about his politics. 
but it has been said that if he becomes a Supreme Court person, people will be dying, women will be dying in the streets, and the women will be, sub and I'm going, nobody has that kind of power. What are you, that's insane. But if I don't watch out, I'm going to start treating the other people as lesser than human. You see how tricky that is? You can say, well, they're, the way they're treating those people, well, I can't stand them dehumanizing. We are not given permission to slander, ever. We have to hold our tongue and let, let God be in the judge. We have a shield of faith. Uh, I asked this man that made that comment about we weren't doing it right. I said, why do you think we have armor on? And he said, well, that's God's protecting of us. And I didn't want to. I knew I could go through and show that each of those bits of armor are actually us responding to God. But I went further. I just said, why do we have a shield then? If we're protected, why do we need to have a shield? You need faith. Why? Because sometimes it's not going to be easy. Um, yes, sir. That's right. C.S. Lewis said that if you don't like somebody, serve them. Do something kind for them. Now, uh, C.S. Lewis is one of my heroes. As a boy, uh, I don't want to go into all of it, my childhood was pretty much a nightmare. And um, the going to school was difficult. My father, we moved constantly, so I was always the new kid. And always was different, sounded different, didn't have, didn't, didn't know what the local people knew wasn't allowed to go to the football games or any of the gatherings, so I could never fit in, couldn't join a club because we always had to do church work and that was all we could do. And it was on and on. And this is 60s and 70s where people are dressed in super casual, long hair, you know, John Lennon glasses and the like. I had to go with button down collar shirts. Could, I didn't wear jeans in my entire high school years. I, it was everything you could do to get beaten up. That's what my, uh, that my dad did to me. Uh, and, and again, he did so thinking that that's the way you're supposed to do things. I can remember waking up one, one uh, early morning. It was still dark outside, and I, was and I was feeling pretty good, and then it hit me that it was a school day, and then the weight just whoop, on top of me. I was probably in seventh or eighth grade at the time, and the only thing I could think of doing was to pray, but I didn't know what to pray about, and for some reason, I'm sure God did this, I started praying for the, everybody in my homeroom. And I told God about it. I told on him. But I also, I found that the more I prayed for them, the less I was upset. And the prayer, and I, I, I changed attitude somewhat. And that then led me to being ready for C.S. Lewis whenever he said, serve them, do something good for them. I would suggest that you better do the praying first. Patrick? Yes, sir. The, the next verse from what you have up there, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto for the perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's the very next verse from where you have it up there. Pray, pray, pray. Now, demons can, can tempt us to specific sins, for example. 
even growing up in the 60s and 70s, I was never tempted to do illegal drugs. Just, you know, up here's already a you know, dark amusement park. I didn't need to poke it with a stick. How, the only times, by the way, I was really interested in them was when they showed us the films to tell us how dangerous they were. Because the films were amazing. There were colors and, and rock music, and you got to go to concerts, evidently. <laughs> they did it all wrong. Uh, and I'm going, you know, I might want to give cocaine a second look here. But I didn't, um, I, and I, I, I never was tempted to. Now, I'm not trying to put this on the same level, all right? I was never tempted to, uh, to uh, start cigarette smoking either. And the reason, it just wasn't tempting. But some of my friends who are just as good people as I ever was, they were tempted by these things. What tempts you? I'm not asking you to shout it out. That can be dangerous. Because we could all shout out that my besetting sin is, you know, adultery and, and hatred and racism and like. And then somebody's going to shout out my besetting sin is gossip and I can't wait to get out of here. So just, I'm, I'm asking you to answer quietly. But what is, what, what is tempting? You know, I know, for example, I am tempted to judge others harshly. Quickly and harshly. And I catch myself doing it. Often, but I fear I do not catch myself soon enough. And I, I have to watch that. I, um, that's one of the reasons why every so often I have to, you know, turn off things and just kind of step away. Uh, I, I can get to, there are other things. You know, this isn't like one of those, those interviews when they say, what's your, what, what's something negative about you? And you say, well, I'm just too hard a worker. No, don't, don't play that game. Um, some. I've, I've said this before, one of the reasons, I'm, one of the big reasons I'm a minister is that I'll show up on Sunday. Because I know me. If I'm not required to be here, I might find a way not to be. Because there are people here. There are times I would gnaw off my arm to get out of a prayer circle. And I sent that, Babylon B had that, head, that headline. That says, if you don't know Babylon B, you've missed such joy. But some demons seem to be expert in some sins. There is, um, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of it now, the, the old King James word for it. Um, oh, I'll think of it later. But there's, again, hypocrisy, lying, lost, envy, jealousy. Whoredom is one in the King James. And compute, what is that word, compute? It's a C-O-M, uh, Yes. Concuspians. Con yeah, that's right. That's what I was trying to think of. All right. That one's a new one for me. What's that one then? Concupiscence. What, and what does that mean then? Sexual impurity. Oh, sexual impurity. All right. Then the whole buffet. Um, there are, you know, lasciviousness is just a general dirtiness about the way you do things. Um, there are, if I may be so bold. I, I used to, back in the day before everybody became pol political and got nasty, uh, I liked watching Letterman for his ten, top ten list. You know, I'd do that and then I'd go to bed. Or I'd watch Johnny Carson for the monologue and then I'd go to bed. You know, one of those I'd hop about. Uh, but uh, it's, there was something in Letterman that bothered me, and I, uh, I didn't know how to describe it other than the, yeah, yeah right, generation. Because everything was yeah, right. 
Everything was, yeah, sure. Everything was that. No matter what was brought to him, that. And I'm going, that can't be healthy. That can't be good. But do you know that there's also a sin in Scripture being too competitive? The, um, and I'm trying to remember the, the name for that one in King James, and that one's going away. Uh, I'll have to, I, I will call each of you at 3.30 in the morning when that comes back to me. But it is not a, uh, there's emulation, but that's not it. Um, it's all right to cheer for your team. But if you're stripping down and painting your body blue and standing out there in the snow and screaming and waving phone fingers, there might be a problem. There might be a problem. And if your day or your life is ruined because your team didn't win, there's a problem. Remember, we'd only been in the country a year or so, and somebody gave us tickets to the Ohio State University game. Now, that's a big deal. That's the biggest church in Ohio. And uh, I'm, I, I had no clue how big a deal it was, even though I'd been in Ohio before. We'd gone to Scotland. And there's a little tag on our... And let me tell you something. You can get used to this because you know, everybody's coming to Columbus, Ohio. And I'm driving the truck. And, and the guys, the guards and, and the police and like will see that sticker. And they're stepping away and moving barricades to move you on in. And you get closer, closer, closer. And I'm going, well, that's pretty nice then. So we get, I took a book to read. Cammie wouldn't let me read it. Um, I, I take books to sporting events. There are downtimes. Anyway, so we're sitting there. And I'm, I'm just kind of watching a spectacle because um, I'm, I'm kind of an observer. As my dad would frequently say to me, Patrick is an outsider to the human race. What are your thoughts? Uh, and, I, and I would look. And I was, but the ladies behind us, do you remember them? They were going nuts. They were screaming to do this, throw that, run over there and the like. And I'm thinking, there's no way they can hear you. The coach isn't stopping going, wait a minute. What do the ladies in 26G think? I, I don't think they were sinning. I'm just thinking, you know, we might want to dial that one back a little bit. And just enjoy the spectacle of it. I don't care who's in the Super Bowl. I'm going to watch it because it's a spectacle. I'm, I'm not going to watch the halftime because I don't care. No, I'll watch the commercials. I enjoy that. But different sins. Um, and here's the big part I want to stress here. By the way, I slipped to Chronicles in there, and that's not post-ascension. Sorry. Don't judge somebody else because they're tempted by something you're not. All right. I mean, I got that don't do illegal drugs thing down. But am I any better than an addict? No. I have my own sins. I was somebody, I was somewhere recently talking to a church. And I don't know who they thought I was. But a couple of them were talking to me like I was some angel descended from heaven. And the love that I keep talking about. like, And I finally had to stop them. And I said, you need to know something. I killed three people before I got here. And they froze. And I said, now, only in my head. But it was well planned out. <laughs> I said, I can't. I have other sins. Don't, don't do that. We're all in this. Anything or we want to run, run to the next one? Let's go to the next slide then. Demons incite persecution. Once again, that dehuman, uh, the dehumanizing 
starts the persecution. They are the ones that start governments turning toward us and start neighbors turning. Rwanda is one of the most, you want to take a look at a test tube or petri dish example of how the demons work. In Rwanda, they were neighbors for generations, loved each other, intermarried, and then overnight slaughtered each other. And in case you're thinking, well, that was Africa, Uh uh-uh, you don't get away with that. What about Serbians and Croatians and Slavs? They lived together. They worked together. They intermarried. The mosque was there. The Orthodox Church was there. They all understood. They were, and then almost overnight, they're sniping, they're shooting women who are risking everything to go get a bucket of water. This isn't a black problem or a white problem. This is a humans listening to demons problem. Yes. That's 210 there. says, be faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life. But the idea is even if it kills you. Yes. Even if it kills you. Well, and uh, you're exactly right. And you think of um, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Paul was evidently a sports fan because he used some sporting terms. And uh, James was as well. I'm told that that term resist it was used for the all-in wrestling matches they had that often ended in the death of the loser. So it's not like a, no devil, not today, and he goes, ah, and runs away. You might be fighting him until you go into the grave, but he doesn't get to follow you. Resist. Fight. Um, demons bring in false teachers to plant people in congreg- or plant people in congregations. Now we need to talk. Patrick, what does 1 John 4, try the spirits, talk about that if you would. Test the spirits to Test see whether, the yeah, you're exact. well, try is, a, it, it, <laughs> I, did, I did not mean to correct you, just a different translation. Yes. Um, okay, <laughs> it's Albert's fault. <laughs> I had a friend that God was always talking to. God led him to do this. God led him to do this. God led him to do this. God gave him this parking place. I'm not making that up. We get to great. And he said, well, thank God. Thank you, God, for giving us parking place so close to the hospital. And I'm thinking, we're healthy. Why do you think he's given us a shorter walk? I don't, I'm not really sure. But I'm seeing all that inside. I, I really, I, I, it came outside whenever I came out once and he had a new car. And I, and I like cars. And I always rejoice with you if you get a new car. I'm not jealous. I don't care how much it costs. I'm, I'm, yay, this is good for you. Um, and I said, oh, that's a great car. And he goes, yes, God led me to buy this. And I said, all right, you know, um, we're, we're, um, we're, we're stopping here. Um, uh, do you like this kind of car? And he goes, well, yes. And I said, whew, dodged a bullet there, did you not, boy? That God didn't ask you to buy some horrible little death crate. Instead, you know, you buy it on one of those lots where the the dog and the guy's wallets both on a chain, you know, and um, no, no, you've got a nice cushy one there. God's awfully nice to you then. And that was uh, unkind. I have been a jerk many times in my life and, and look forward to other opportunities. But I am very cautious when somebody says, God told me to. Amen. Who did you bounce that off of? You need community. 
You need community. And, and Breton, Cliff Richard is what Elvis was here, except Cliff has never gone nuts. So he's, he's a Christian. He's a, uh, he's a very outspoken Christian. But huge number of uh, hit songs and movie roles and such. He's, he's that. never married. People go, I wonder why. It's, it's none of our business. But he would, he talked once on, on, I think, the Terry Wogan show. I, I miss Terry. Uh, he said uh, that every now and then a woman would come up and say, God told her that they were to get married. And he would always say, you'd think he would have brought that up to me too. <laughs> Listen carefully. I am not saying God can't talk to you. What I am saying is this, intelligence is a function of genetics. You could factor in nutrition and environment in there as well. I'm, I'm flying over this high. Wisdom is a function of community. No matter how smart you are, bring your idea to the group and see if the group confirms it. You know, I'm, if... David Koresh evidently thought God was talking to him. Jim Jones thought God was talking to him. I don't know if Joseph Smith was ever honest about any of that or not, frankly. Um, and if I'm slandering him, then I apologize. I'm just saying historically, I can't tell if he ever believed it or if he was on a con. Amen. You know, I, I just don't know. However you look at it, let's have a discussion before you push it forward. Some things you might think, uh, for example, listening to this lies my teacher told me, the number of times they slaughtered um, Native Americans and thanked God for the victory that he had provided for them. Let's, you know, that's, by the way, there are some people who say Alexander Campbell was a pacifist, and I don't think so. There are a couple of things in his history that would lead me opposed to it. He did oppose war. Now, you may say, and not the same thing. No, no, no. Uh, you, can, you can believe in your right to subdue and harm and even take the life, if necessary, of a home invader, let's say, and be opposed to war. Because wars are waged by politicians. Uh, actually, they don't wage them. They just tell you, you have to. And that's a whole different thing. Alexander Campbell's main reason for being opposed to war, and he spoke to Congress on this, Congress and Senate, was that on both ends of the rifle, you have people who call upon the name of the Lord as their God. It is unseemly to have a Christian shoot a Christian. And that's why he was anti-war. Well, there's a good point to that. But if you have a feeling um, that I should do this or I, let's bring it to the group. Now, did you have more? Please. In Romans 1, 17, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we've thought all through the years that was the Bible, but the word is rhema there. Faith comes by hearing the voice of God. Now the logos, the written word is a very important thing, but his voice is and the word is used more than 60 times in the Greek New Testament. And I asked two of Lipscomb's greatest Greek teachers, why hasn't our fellowship done more of that word? And they said, I don't know. Well, you're exactly right. And one of the things that I push hard 
is, can you imagine Jesus saying what you just said? Um, that's, a, that's a pretty important thing to bring up. Now, let's talk about false. The word false there, we've got to do this for about the last four minutes, and you actually get to relax because there's no way we're getting out of this and going to the next slide. Um, the word false doesn't mean what we have been told it means. I was told it meant if you prayed and didn't say in Jesus' name at the end, or if you had uh, communion bread that wasn't completely unleavened, or if you had wine in there, or if you clapped during a song. I mean, there are so many ways to be false teachers. You're bringing in false doctrine. That's not what the word means. Look it up in scripture, and you will find that false teachers were people who prayed sexually upon the women in their group that, that were money-grubbing. It was all about the sex, money, and power to them. That's how they were false. They acted like beast, Peter says, born only to be destroyed. I want you to go with me to the wonderful world, an alternative world, perhaps, of East Tennessee. They still use terms that were used in this way. I, um, I've, and I've told you this story before. We, we had parrots. And, well, we had a parrot, then we had some parakeets, and we'd bring in others if we were housing them for somebody. Now, when I brought up that I had a parrot that stayed with me and went to work with me sometimes, and one of the deacons at the table in East Tennessee, just outside Knoxville, looked at me and goes, isn't it ill? And I froze, because I, I didn't know how, to, how does one respond to this. It, I'll shoot to the end. We went back and forth at this, not understanding each other until, and he was actually getting a bit embarrassed, and I hated that for him, before I realized he was asking, isn't it ill-tempered? Isn't it hard to be around? Aren't they nippy and the like? And I finally understood, all right, they, they're using a word in a different way. And East Tennessee is a linguistic pocket that does that, by the way. They, they have the phrase, I wouldn't care to, which means okay. I found that out too. Whenever one of the elders said, would you like to play golf with me tomorrow? And I said, sure. I don't know the area. Would you like to pick me up? And he goes, oh, I wouldn't care to. I'm going, well, okay, you then. And he showed up. And I'm thinking, well, I didn't think you were going to show up. And he goes, I told you I would. And I'm going, no, I don't think you did. But I, I, I did some investigating, and that's, well, false teachers doesn't mean that they disagree with you on baptism or elders or what song to sing. It means their heart. They are playing, role-playing to get power, sex, money. That's a false teacher. So know that, and all of a sudden, we won't be saying that our neighbors across the street who worship different than us are false teachers. Can you say Mother Teresa was a false teacher? Do I believe she was doctrinally correct? Uh-uh. That's okay. I'm not either. But we both, she and I together, could have said the Apostles' Creed and say we believe this. And I'm thinking, you know something? Then put down the rocks. And besides, she had a better heart than I'll ever have. That's just a given. I had one person say, he'll never be as good as Gandhi. And I'm thinking, read a bio. Yeah, he can. Gandhi wasn't Mother Teresa. Uh, anyway, be aware. The devil brings them in to stir up power. And the whole thing is power. 
How many churches are divided over a building program, divided over what preacher you hired? And it's not about Jesus. It's about who gets to control this group. And it controls the churches right into the grave. They close and they close and they close and they close. All right, we got to quit. But thank you, uh, Albert. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you next week. But now, go away.